In this week's episode of Back of the Grid, we're going to be taking a look back at the Italian GP and chat about Ferrari giving Red Bull a bit of a fight in front of the Tifosi, some interesting wheel-to-wheel battles, predictions results, and of course, your questions from the inbox. So, let's get into it. Hello and welcome to an episode of Back of the Grid. With me, I am back from Hollybobs. I've stopped <laughs> leaving these two on their own to deal with stuff. And um, who are you? I am Tom. <laughs> Hello. See, the, the short intro music nearly caught me out then because it's been a while since even I've heard that version. <laughs> <laughs> you just be that, an, unnamed, an unnamed presenter. The, the unnamed <laughs> host in <laughs> random F1 merch every week. Um, <laughs> now, I am joined, as always, by Chris... Hello, remember three-person podcasts. <laughs> and of course, Stu. Hello. Right, so I've done that little <laughs> quick intro. I don't know what to do now. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? It's weird doing like, the cold intro and then like it's, it's a bit yeah. sort of discombobulating, but you'll get used to it. Just dive in. That's it. Well, I mean, I'd, I actually, before we just get too far into the race, I want to ask you both about qualifying. I want to talk to you both about the tire format thing again because obviously we've had another session with it now yes and i want to i want to hear your opinions on if you think he added anything to that session or if you think we'd have ended up with what we got regardless i'm intrigued this is definitely a question for chris because i watched it on mute (laughs) i definitely don't i think all it's added really is more questions than anything like all, all i read the only difference for me was i came out of that qualifying wondering if alpine really were that bad here or if they just couldn't get the hard tires switched on but that aside i just don't think it really adds anything i don't really think it took anything away either it just yeah. it just well, was it- a thing what it adds is is that they don't have to cart as many tyres around for a season if they do it. Yeah. And I think if it's not taking anything... Because I didn't get the impression that it took anything away either. I think what it does do is it, it makes the practice sessions more interesting, actually. Because it yeah. means that they've got to run... Because I watched practice a bit for a change. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I do. I try to watch practice anyway if I can. But I did manage to catch practice for because we act, had actual practice sessions in a Formula One Grand Prix <laughs> weekend. Um, and it does mean that they've got to do more running on the um, on the on the slower tires and on the on, yeah. all on the hard on the slowest tire on the hard tire. They've got to you know get their heads around it and make sure that it's working with them because it does make a difference to their qualifying session and to their weekend if they don't get that tire right. So what they've done by accident is <laughs> made practice a little bit more interesting and thus made sprint races slightly less important or less there's less reason to have sprint races now because there's more reason to watch qualifying to see to watch practice to see who yeah who's doing yeah. more with on Makes what tire so i don't think that's necessarily their aim i don't think they want <laughs> I think if anything like they're trying to make sprint races more important and more appealing but this to me adds more intrigue to the practice sessions i think i think i agree with you i think it's added more interest but it also i think on average there was just less running in the practice sessions just because they had less tires to work with and that obviously sucks for the people there at the track because you're seeing less cars going around so maybe a little bit of a double-edged sword there but yeah honestly Mm, if if they hadn't had the like, if, if they ran qualifying without the stripes on the tyres, I don't think I'd have noticed they were doing anything different to a normal qualifying. Yeah, I think that was my sort of takeaway from it, that I don't think it particularly added anything, but it also didn't really detract. So I think... Are we due to do it any more races this season? I can't remember if they scheduled it for any others. I think they said they were going to do three. I don't, I don't know if they've said two, exactly where yet. But yeah, they were originally going to do Imola, weren't they? They were going to do it at Imola. Yeah. And they yes, that was of, one of the first they ones. go to Imola. So yeah. they did Hungary instead. They'd always planned Monza. I don't think they've said what the third's going to be yet. Yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what happens by the third one, but honestly, I don't personally, I don't think it's adding or, or doing enough to, to yeah. warrant being like a permanent thing. But 
Well, well, no, I think it is. I think I think the the point of it is so that they don't have to take so many tires around everywhere. So if if they can do that, if they can do this without affecting the show too much, which is, which is what it sounds like it's, yeah. it's doing, yeah, then I think it's worth them doing bit. because they've got you know they do have um, carbon emission objectives that they're trying to meet by. Some might call them platitudes, but they've got um, they do have these objectives that they'd like to meet by 2030, and I think this is a step on the path to that. And and to be honest, you know, whatever they can do to improve the green credentials of the sport, then they absolutely should be doing it because you know it's not the Stone Age. We're not, we're <laughs> yeah. not, dinosaur juice is slowly on its way out. However yep. you feel about it, and however alienated you feel by it, and however much you want to cancel our podcast now i've said that but um you know it is what it is the world's moving forward and formula one's got to move with it yep the bring back v10s brigade are going to be all over (laughs) those guys find a a different juice other than dinosaur juice it'd be fine well seb's on it seb's working on it yeah exactly Exactly. right shall we talk about the race guys yes let's get into the race itself um Chris, I know this is normally your bit. Do you want to start us off with like this yeah. whole Red Bull Ferrari battle I alluded to earlier? I will. As all in all, a good race. I thought. Um, I've seen people say probably the best dry race of the season. Which, thinking back, mm. I can't think of much to. I mean, a lot of them have been wet. It's been all, yeah, exactly. That's a <laughs> small sample size this season. Um, hmm. Interesting. We had like a proper, pretty much race long fight for the podium positions, all three podium positions, which was great to see. Um, Verstappen obviously got his tenth consecutive win. Had to probably work the hardest of the ten for this one. Um, took him about fifteen laps to get by Signs, um, who obviously got that amazing pole position, um, and then defended like his career defended on it's like. <laughs> Man, that first phase of science just throwing everything at defence was so exciting. Yeah, it was, defensive drives are just so good to watch. His car yeah, was like really, yeah. twice as wide as what it, what everyone else's was. It felt like it was. Yeah, it was yeah. really, really, really yeah, good really driving. Um, and then obviously because they were fighting, Leclerc was like there or thereabouts behind them the whole time as well. Um, question for you both, and. We'll maybe get called hypocrites for this because we criticised Red Bull last week for bringing mm-hmm. in Verstappen when he was the second of the two Red Bulls. However, do you think Ferrari should maybe have brought Leclerc in earlier? To Because in that first phase of the race, Ferrari were basically two against one against Verstappen. And mm. part of me feels like if they brought Leclerc in earlier, having the first of the three to pit that would maybe have, you know, put a bit of strategic pressure on Red Bull, maybe Uh, made them think twice about things. At the time, I was sat thinking it because I was thinking to myself, they they could essentially, like, weaponise Leclerc and try and force an undercut. But in in realistic senses, like, those medium tyres needed to go to the, the 20s in terms of laps to be Mm -hmm. a reasonable strategy and at the time that that looked like it could have been an option to threaten them we were still like mid-teens in terms of laps like it was like like 14 or 15 or something and it had just been too early they'd have they'd have ended up making their strategy into a two-stop for Leclerc yeah and I, I don't think it would have if anything it might have hindered them like it might have brought him more into into the clutches of the Mercs or something later on I don't think he'd have been up there pushing Carlos for the podium um, had they done that. It, a different race, maybe, with different deg, possibly, but, yeah, I think it was just too early to go from mediums to hards at that point. The other um, key word you used there, Chris, was strategy. And <laughs> it, would, it would have involved Ferrari doing some lateral thinking in the realms of strategy. Yeah. I, just, they, they, I don't think they're capable of that at the moment. So they, they, they took... However many years of strategy data, and they stick to that. <laughs> Whatever the computer spits out, that's the strategy. Um, yeah, I think maybe they could, you know, like, it's an interesting thought. Like, I think if if they had pitted him for the softs, like, mid like, say, 15, 16, 17 laps into that stint, and um, he comes out, the, you know, the, the undercut was powerful. Um, yeah. So... 
they could have brought him out potentially somewhere in between, well, alongside Verstappen, possibly mm. in mm-hmm. in that situation, and then. If that slows down Verstappen, it's like, how long are you going to be able to slow him down for, even with the grip differential between the two tyres? Yeah. Is Verstappen just going to go sailing by down the down the straights yeah. anyway? And which I think he probably would. I think it would have held him up a bit and maybe brought signs into brought signs into brought, extended the battle between him and yeah. science for a few more laps but i think ultimately mm. their race wasn't with red bull their race was well really their race was kind of their own like they were they kind were, of yeah they weren't quite on red bull's pace um well certainly weren't on verstappen's pace yeah and both red bulls had the pace to over to overcome both ferraris um so i don't think they were ever winning that race i think the 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 rebels just too good at the moment um i think on that note as well you only have to look at how quickly verstappen ended up 10 seconds down the road once he'd finally made the move work like the the pace was always there it was just eking out the right moment i mean he's he's obviously going to be slightly slower in dirty, dirty air through certain sections but it was just finding the right moment to make the move work and once he'd got the clean air he was gone and so. the Red Bull's just so much better on its tyres as well. That's the yeah. other thing. Well, I was going to say, the Ferrari, in comparison, was back at its kind of tyre-munching worst, yeah. at least compared yeah. to Red Bull. Very, I very, very loose rear end as well. Like, very, there's so yeah. many so many times, like, I think it was specifically kind of coming out the Lesmos that I, would, I was noticing it, but kind of just, like, the rear end really stepping out and drifting wide, um, mainly for Carlos when he was under the pressure from uh, Max, but just both in general, like, really struggling and I think Max in the cool down afterwards said something to Carlos about like how how loose the car was like how how much sliding he was seeing and Carlos was just like hesitant to like out and out <laughs> agree to it because he's sat in a Ferrari and he knows the the consequences but he was just like yeah man <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think as well we only really got a race as long as we did because it's such a low downforce circuit, Red yeah. Bull's DRS advantage kind of didn't exist. As you say, once he was passed, he sort of just drove away. But mm. yeah, it just shows how m- much of an effect that DRS advantage has had on their success this year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as we said, 10 in a row for Verstappen, a new record. 15th in a row for Red Bull as well, which is also a new record. Um, did wasn't all plain sailing at the end the last sort of few laps they were very worried about Verstappen's engine and he would be backed off by like two seconds a lap over the last four or five laps the gap came down massively at the end um which I guess is why you make a gap as big as you can when you can but um I was about to say it says a lot that you're able to do that doesn't it yeah exactly (laughs) despite Um, bending 20 laps behind somebody else yeah, Perez came through uh, as well for a one-two. Um, again, for all the talk of Perez's rough season, this is the most one-twos Red Bull have ever had in a season already. Um, he's got the biggest gap he's ever had over Alonso as well now in the Drivers' Championship. Um, Red Bull have never finished one-two in the Drivers with all their years of success, which is crazy. Think, look, I think it just shows you just how good this car is compared to everything else. I don't it think really it's necessarily does. that that um, Sergio Perez is having the season of his life because we know that he isn't. But the fact that he can still do that in that car just yeah. shows you what a great car it is. He can have, you can really he's does. having, certainly not having his best season. He's still able to, to you know, bring back a poor qualifying. Um, he's done it on more than one occasion because that car is the class of the field by at least a second. Yeah. Um, as we said, Ferrari were never really properly in the fight against Red Bull. Um, Leclerc came out of the pits alongside Sainz about a third of the way into the race, and then they basically just seemed to fight each other for the entire rest of the race. Yeah. Which, I mean, it was great to watch, and hats off to Ferrari for letting them go at it right to the end. I feel it's not like often they do that. It's not often it's Ferrari not. will allow that. I, I, I kind of feel like from a Ferrari point of view, they maybe should have called that off a bit sooner, but like both the drivers were just like beaming afterwards. I was like, that was right on the limit, but absolutely loved it. Like yeah, that right. one, a couple laps in the end, Leclerc was so close to steaming into the back of signs all locked up. Yeah. It was 
proper fighting between them. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's like watching that. Gran Turismo. Gran <laughs> <laughs> Turismo races, except they don't go into each other. Um, yeah, the, and the the other one was um, Sites retaking, repassing. Yeah. After their, you know, how close he must have been, like. Touching the wheels were like wheels. They were like briefly. literally like almost touching. Yeah, yeah. So, so close. It was so good. Yeah. Always good to see Ferrari doing well at Monza as well. Like they always seem, you know, how bad a season they're having, they always seem to manage to pull something out there. So, yeah, yeah really fun to watch. Uh, should we keep going? Yes. Yeah. Mercedes fifth and sixth. I'd call it an adventurous race for two Mercedes drivers. Mm. Certainly wasn't um, their best performance. No, not all round, really. They both got five-second penalties. Um, Russell's was just silly. So Russell came out of the pits yeah. behind Ocon, who hadn't pit yet, and kind of tried to get past him straight away, ended up cutting the chicane, and then just decided to just not let him by and stay ahead of him. So he ended up getting a penalty for passing someone he wasn't even in a race with yeah. off track. Like, I know you need to maximise your outlaps, but... But I, I do kind of, I think that one was a little, a tiny bit harsh maybe on on um, on Russell because it didn't really affect his race or Ocon's race or anyone else's race. It was kind of a, mm. you know, I, I know look, rules are rules, I guess. And like if someone leaves the track and gains an advantage, then yes, that's that's a penalty. But there's an argument to say he already had such an advantage over that car that leaving the track wasn't necessarily giving him that much more of an advantage because he was yeah. always going to get by that car in, in in no time anyway. So that's probably what he had in his head when he carried on going. So I think it is a little bit harsh on the stewards, given that some of the, you know, some of the penalties that they've given over the course of the season have been more about the result of what happened than the actual infraction itself. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is a, it is a slam dunk penalty still. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you, by the letter of the law, it is a penalty. So you can kind of see why they did actually do it. Yeah. But it's uh, just... After that... Uh, sorry, when you look back at, at Zamvor and you see what happened to, I think, Gasly with um, Verstappen and they didn't even look at that, I think yeah. that makes it kind of a bit weird. It does. And I think this race kind of... This race really highlighted the difference between the racing rules in F1 and basically every other motorsport. Like, the yeah. amount of times we saw people go up the outside of Turn 1 and if their front wheel was, like, an inch behind the other driver's front wheel, they just got driven off the track. And in pretty much every other motorsport, at that point, you've earned racing room. But in F1, it's just... If you're not fully alongside, you'll just get driven off the road. And I mm. thought it was very telling as well... The amount of times we saw... I mean, Hamilton had his own separate uh, transgression that we'll get to, but the amount of times we saw Verstappen and Hamilton in moves at Turn 1, and they always... The second they knew they weren't getting the space, they always backed out. Like, you really saw the experience of those two drivers over pretty much everybody else. I mean, I didn't see much of Alonso. I would, I would guess he was in a similar boat, but... You saw so many people lunging up the outside and having to cut the corner, whereas Hamilton and Verstappen both just seem to know when to pull out, know well, when to leave it in. They've learned from each other, haven't they, those two? Exactly, that's, yeah. That's the reason. <laughs> Given what happened there a couple of years ago between yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was hilarious, wasn't it? Let's not get into that, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, shall we talk so, about Hamilton's? Yeah, person? Hamilton. So he ran the alternate strategy, started on hards. He probably pitted a bit too early to make it fully work. He only did a smidge over half the race distance on the hards before he switched to mediums, so probably a little early. But he still kind of was making it work, and he was making progress on the mediums towards the end with everyone else on the slower hards. And then he just drove Piastri off the road. I don't know how else to put it. Really. He did to Piastri what Leclerc did to him two or three years ago, didn't Kind he? of. So... So yeah, Tom and I had a quick look at this before. Well, I had a look at it and Tom and described it to Tom because Tom couldn't see it. But um, <laughs> essentially, what I what I think has happened there is Hamilton. What, well, what Piastri is doing is trying to give him a bit of a squeeze, which is which is well within his rights to do. He doesn't want to give him a wider line going into that corner because he's thinking about potentially. Well, he's thinking about making it difficult for him and slowing down because he's got his teammate up the road. He doesn't want to get his teammate. Um, 
Hamilton in Hamilton's head thinking, I'm gonna put I wanna I want to push him further out to the edge of the track to mm-hmm. so that I can get the fastest line through this chicane as I can. And I think Hamilton is think is maybe thinking, oh, he's going to move on to the curb when we get to the curb. So I've still I'm still going to have that little bit more space because at the point of contact there is actually about probably a foot and a half, maybe a meter and a half, maybe a meter of um, of space to Piastri's right. Yeah. So he doesn't take up the full amount of track, and Hamilton's probably expecting him to do that to widen his own line to go through the chicane as quick as possible and not lose time um, to the people behind him. So. All things considered, I think it's, I do think it's a penalty. I think Hamilton was a bit silly to chop across maybe the way... It, it's not a chop as such. It was it, clumsy. He, it was clumsy. Yeah. He he moved across into a space that probably wasn't going to open up for him. I, yeah. I think as well that maybe there's... I don't want to necessarily sort of victim blame Piastri, but maybe there's an element of the... He's fighting a rookie here, like... Do you know what I mean? There's, there's maybe other drivers that, you know, you're saying to like you would have expected him. Uh, you feel that like maybe somebody else might have used a little bit more of the curb to, like you say, sort of take a bit more speed into the corner and not compromise their own line as much. Maybe other drivers on that grid possibly would have, and that's why Hamilton's not expecting it. But Piastri's not been in a battle like that before with a seven-time world champion <laughs> on the inside. Like he's not, he's not experienced that guys because. At the end of the day, he's like barely halfway through his first season. Yeah, he's not, so I think well, he's there's not probably an element against... of that to it. But I'd also expect Lewis to be th- sort of somewhat thinking about that, like know the difference between fighting someone like that and fighting a an Alonso or Verstappen or you know whoever yeah. who's been been around the block a few times. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the whole thing was a, a little bit. Piastri could have left a. Piastri could have moved over a little bit and made a bit more mm. room. The car was clearly on side and it was Hamilton's corner at that point anyway. But also Hamilton didn't have to move. He did cause yeah. a collision. He moved over yeah. to the right and tried to make his. He tried to move into the space that was already occupied by the McLaren. Piastri could have moved but didn't have to. That's, yeah, exactly. that's the crux of it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And Hamilton held his hands up and said it was yeah. on him as well, so... Yeah. He was, by the letter of the law, whoever is predominantly to blame for that is going to get yeah. a penalty. And Hamilton was predominantly to blame. I don't think anyone can deny that. So yeah. it and is a penalty. It is a shame Charles Leclerc didn't get the same penalty for doing exactly the same thing to Hamilton a couple of years yeah. ago. But th- well, you know, it was a couple of years ago. So I mean, he yeah. analyzed the other element of it as well. Like, I can't remember what the damage situation was the last time it happened between those two. But it's, it's that age-old adage I always come out with of the consequences of the incident seem to impact like how severe or stern the penalty is. Like, had they just wheel banged and both run through the little yellow marked like um, escape road version of the chicane yeah. and come out like virtually side by side or with Lewis just ahead, I I suspect there would have been no penalty. And I it's the fact that agree. it's the damage that's caused Piastri to have to pit that is therefore then led to the penalty. Yeah. They should and, really change like the wording of that rule like to something like damaging another car or something like that. Because that's yeah. when they seem to apply the penalty is when yeah. like another car sustains damage from the contact yeah. rather than just like... Because then, like if yeah, if it was wheel banging, that's still a collision, but they never yeah. apply the rule to that, do they? Yeah, so, exactly. There is actually... Like, there's a really interesting question in the inbox directly related to this. We might as well do it now, actually. Go for it. Uh, yeah, get it. From Griff, who says, Yo, dude. I, I understand we don't want penalties ruining the sport. However, five seconds seem cheap, given how often drivers are able to overcome them. And yes, Hamilton, ultimately, his five-second penalty didn't mean anything because he pulled a gap. Mm. Uh, in the Australian Supercars Championship, penalties are based on what's fair to the driver disadvantaged, meaning if you put a driver to the back of the grid, you get sent there too. It's not perfect, but it does mean drivers are sufficiently punished. Should we get harsher penalties that are harder to overcome, but not totally debilitating? Additionally, in Aussie supercars, we punish teams, not drivers, in most cases, for pit stop errors with fines and point deductions. Uh, I strongly Ooh. feel this should be adopted. Okay, well, let's... let's first Two be, bits there. <laughs> yeah, for, Griff is clearly Australian and <laughs> perturbed... Or at least just a big his, Aussie supercars fan. Yeah, yeah, and perturbed that his countryman has been sort of disadvantaged, <laughs> I think, a little bit here. I think that shines through this question somewhat. <laughs> but I think he, do, he makes a good point. I think... He does you know 
damage. I mean, it's kind of what they do. That they're trying to do. In a way, they're trying to do that by implementing these kind of penalties when it adversely affects, severely adversely affects, yeah, as race. Um, I think it's sort of done in an unwritten way in F one, isn't it? It's kind of a halfway yeah. house. Like they have the rules that are very much just these are the penalties for these things, but then in reality, mm. they do always seem to lean harsher yeah. given the outcome. I, th- I think like it is part of it is the problem. Part of the problem is the wording. I think. If it, if it, if the rule was causing a collision and damaging an opponent's car or just damaging an opponent's car, then that's kind of, that makes it so much more obvious and so much more understandable that that penalty is being applied. Like if yeah, if it's just causing a collision, then that's not enough for me. Like cars collide all the time in other formulas. You're always got you know people in certain formulas. It's rubbing is racing. So if you apply yeah. causing a collision to that, then you'd literally, you know, think of NASCAR. Like you'd never, you, you would <laughs> race throughout the entire yeah, exactly. grid having a penalty. Because so. <laughs> yeah. like with corner cutting, there's always like the wording of gaining a lasting advantage. Like maybe you can have that kind of thing applied in wheel-to-wheel racing as well. Like if you gain a lasting advantage over the driver you're racing by mm. causing a collision, like something along those lines maybe yeah causing a collision and gaining elastic but then like does that apply to wheel banging then though does that is that well yeah if you're if going they just in... touched wheels and piastri had, had to cut the corner yeah because this you know mm. when you look at um if, if the rule is causing a collision then why didn't norris get a penalty when he tried to overtake piastri and they touched wheels and they collided yeah. that was a collision mm-hmm. right <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's I mean, yeah, in, in the grand scheme of things, it's not fundamentally that different, is it, really? No, not to the word. The, the wording of it is the same, yeah. right? They collided, yeah. their wheels yeah. collided. I mean, it was, even, it was even investigated as causing a collision Yeah. because they but collided. Apparently, <laughs> it, apparently, it wasn't a collision, so there was no, no. penalty necessary on, in that yeah. instance. It's strange, isn't it? And, but, yeah. but, you know, none of this is to say that the penalty isn't deserved. I think the penalty is absolutely deserved. I just think the wording of it is ridiculous. Again, it's, we, we come back to this old thing of the words in the rules are badly written and need updating and need to reflect the reasoning for some of the penalties that yeah. get handed out because causing a collision just isn't sufficient to... to, to it, it is because they've applied a penalty, but it falls apart as soon as another collision happens and no damage is caused to a car and they don't apply the penalty because by the letter of the law, a collision has happened, therefore <laughs> someone caused it, therefore a penalty should be applied, yeah. surely. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah, and thank you, um, Griff, for sending that in. It's always like interesting to hear comparisons to series that we don't necessarily watch. So, yeah, yeah. I appreciate seeing yeah. that in. I do love Aussie Supercars, you know. What I have seen yeah. of it is... A I need to watch more of it. I have always wished series. I could spend more time watching it, to be fair. Um, okay. Hamilton got two points on his licence for that. That seems a little excessive, but uh, like we all, we've, we've, we've done licence points to death. Yeah, I think. I mean, you know what? I've though? seen license is... points given out for way less than that. So yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to say. Like we've seen them given for far, far, far less. Yeah. than that. I, I do think it's maybe one of the rare occasions where you can just about justify because it doesn't take many steps for that kind of um, mistake to go a lot worse. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I think I think this is one of the rare occasions. Was actually, it's, I, I'm not so against a couple of penalties. Yeah, no, that's one, fine. I think. He made a mistake, and that they're there to punish those kinds of mistakes. So, yeah. yeah. Anybody else want to talk about race wise? Well, we can talk about Williams this early in the show again, which is always an exciting thing. Because um, I guess, kind of as expected at Monza, that car was fast and near impossible to overtake, as both McLarens will be able to tell you. Yeah. Um, Albon followed up his fourth in qualifying last week with sixth this week. Um, and he only lost one position the whole race. Hamilton was the only one that managed to get by him. Um, equals Albon's best finish of the season for seventh. It's the first time he's ever scored back-to-back points for Williams. Just great. Just yeah. Williams continue to move forward and Albon continues to be just having the season of his life, really, isn't he? He's driving so yeah. well. Yeah, so well. really well. He's really um, justifying his place, I think, as number one driver in that team as well. I yeah. think he's bringing a oh, lot yeah. to the table. And um, yeah, it's it's just really good to see a team that have had such struggles like Williams 
um, finally starting to get some string together some decent results. Yeah, Sargent ended up a few places outside the points again. He sort of missed out by a couple of places, which he's done a few times recently. Um, he did pick up a five-second penalty for a collision with Bottas, which wasn't shown on TV. Have you guys seen it? I haven't it's actually, I have actually seen that. It's bad. I've seen that he got a penalty, but I've not seen the collision, to be fair. So Bottas got past him through turn one and two. Then they went side by sort of side by side through Curva Grande. Like, I think Sargent had like his front wheels um, level with Bottas's uh, rears. And then they went into the second chicane. And it looked like he just hit the brakes about 50 metres later than any other lap. Bottas tried to turn in and he just went, like he would never have made the corner. Oh, just yeah. steamed into him. Um, it was bad. Oops. He, any I think pen- he any was, penalty points for that one? <laughs> I'm actually not sure if he did. I assume he did. I think five seconds is lenient. It was definitely one of the more egregious things of the race. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, who's next on the list? McLaren. Um, Piastri actually out-qualified Norris. They were, that's probably the closest pace-wise I think they've been all season. Um, mm. Piastri's just been closing that gap race on race, hasn't he? Like, it's very impressive. Um, yeah, it feels like a bit, it almost feels like, well, I think a bit of it is Piastri's sort of finding his feet in Formula 1, obviously, and getting used to the car and, and getting used to the new formula, getting used to racing these guys. But I also think um, maybe, as that happens, maybe Piastri's sort of getting better at setting up the car as well and just fa- just mm-hmm. closing closing that gap bit by bit by bit. I don't think there's much in it between those two drivers. I think they're both really, really similar on, on pace and, and quality. Yeah. I think they're both excellent drivers. I think they really they're both are. future wheel champions if they can get in the right car. Um so yeah, it's exciting to see that. I think of 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 all the head to head battles going into the remind, remainder of the season, I think this one is going to be could could turn into a pretty spicy one. I think it could be really interesting. Yeah, and especially next year if they give them a decent car from the start of the season yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Um, all bets are off next year. I think. Who knows what's going to happen? Weirdly, McLaren decides to pit Norris first, who was second on the road, which led to them being side-by-side to turn when Piastri came out of the pits and they ended up colliding. Um, I remember Anthony Davidson on Sky said he watched the onboards and Piastri, he was on the inside, but he was basically a full lock. So it's not like Piastri just steamed in. Um, I'm not sure if their blame was apportioned. It was, again, a bit silly. Not what you want to be doing as teammates, especially running up as high as they yeah. were. Um, yeah. But yeah, that could never get past Albon. And then Piastri ended up dropping out of the points after that instant with um, Hamilton. Did get his first ever fastest lap in the process, though. Oh, that's good and guess. led his first mm. laps as well. We very briefly had a McLaren 1-2 when the pits were cycling, yeah. and mm. Piastri actually led a couple of laps. Mm. Uh, anything more on McLaren before we move on? Nope, let's yeah, rattle no, through the rest. Rattle me. through the rest. Aston Martin, after a really good last race, were pretty anonymous. Um Alonso qualified 10th and only climbed one place. Stroll had a nightmare weekend. He lost a load of time in practice with car issues. Um, qualified last, I think, or last but one. And he only finished again uh, ahead of the Hasses. Yeah, he um, had Drogovic in his car in FP1 as well. Yes, and then he had electrical issues, I think, in FP2 as well. So he had, like, minimal practice time. Yeah. Um, still pretty poor, though. Aston Martin have now dropped behind Ferrari. So they're now sitting fourth in the constructors after starting the season a solid second mm. which is yeah I mean we've, we've talked at length already about where the points are coming from in that team will not keep flogging that dead horse right now I guess mm, yeah um, Alfa Romeo Bottas also did the alternate strategy like Hamilton he made that work to get up to 10th first time Alfa Romeo scored points in six races and broke the special livery curse in the process, which is good because that car was oh, stunning. Filth. Best livery of the year, I reckon. Yeah. So filth. nice. So much better. Yeah, it looked amazing, didn't just it? Keep it. As soon keep as I saw it, just, they should just keep yeah, it. Why it not? looked awesome. Why not? Um, the way, the, the, way the, the Italian flag looks like a waving flag, even though that line is like straight in the design from different angles of the car, it looks like a waving flag. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, so, so clever as a piece of design and so, so nice to look at as well. Just the, everything about that car, it, it looks 
so gorgeous. I wish oh, I could yeah. have seen it in the flesh on track. Imagine if that looks that good on TV or in photos. I know. That, and you think how good a Formula One car looks when you see the real, you see it in the paint. Yeah. Then, <laughs> yeah, that car must have looked amazing in person. Yeah, so good. I mean, Alfa Romeo have only got a handful of races before they bounce anyway, so why not just keep it? Yeah, why not? So well, there's probably some rule it. against it. Yeah. Boring rule. Yeah, probably. They get fined billions of pounds for Boring rules. a different paint job. Uh, um, next team? Alfa Terry lost an odour on the formation lap, as we mentioned. Lawson, another pretty solid performance, I thought. Um, he got into Q2, he was only a couple of tenths behind Sonoda. Um, he finished 11th, he was only six seconds off scoring a point. Um, interestingly, that's the best position that car has finished all season because De Vries' best finish was 13th and Ricardo's was 12th. So in terms of finishing position, he's already dragged it higher than either of them managed to. Um, He was also the highest of the finishers that did two stops, which kind of makes me wonder if they'd done a one-stop, he might actually have got a point or two. Maybe. But um, yeah, solid solid drive from him again. He's doing a really good job. Yeah, in qualifying, he was only fractions of a second off his not team, even two I tenths mean, i think yeah they're all fractions of a second off yeah team, but like he yeah he was just just ahead i think just yeah i think he was just ahead of sonoda in qualifying he caught, didn't he beat him in qualifying i thought i think in q1 he was ahead but in q2 he was just behind oh okay yeah yeah Sorry yeah not so, but I, I definitely remember looking up and i remember looking up and seeing lawson ahead of his teammate thinking oh wow this kid's got the goods yeah yeah definitely it looks almost certain he's going to be in the car for singapore Red Bull are saying Ricardo returning for Japan is the optimistic aim, but it's probably more likely Qatar at best now. So it looks like Lawson's got at least another couple of races. There's no point in you know risking your recovery. I think like especially when they're looking. I think they're looking at long game with Ricardo more than yeah. maybe they are other drivers. So I think yeah they need to keep him. You know, beyond beyond his F one career, I think he'll still be a part of Red Bull now. The way things are going for him is, you know, yeah. he's going to be putting yeah. a lot of sim work and stuff. is a, is a big asset to that team, yeah. and um, yeah, they need to take care of him. He, they can't rush his recovery. He needs to be, you know, recovered and recovered properly before he's risking exactly. himself driving F one. Lawson's giving them a bit of a headache now, though. Like if they don't get Lawson in a car pretty soon, another team's going to come and snap him up for yeah. sure. It's possible. At his current form. But if yeah, he's beating Yuki Sonoda, is, but we're back to Red Bull having too many drivers again. Like yeah. it was always it's the case it in the swings, past. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it really is. Uh, Alpine, I think we already mentioned they were dire. Both cars out in Q1. Ocon retired with a steering issue. Gasly fifteenth. They, they were just nowhere. Alpine are sort of pointing uh, to this as evidence that they should be able to unfreeze their engine because they're so far behind everyone else. But that, that that was more than just engine. That was... Yeah, let's see how they go at Vegas where it's just like one big yeah. straight for a big part of it. I'm not sure I'm buying that. I think this is just no. another excuse for them to try and bang that drum a bit more that they need. I think it's very much what it is. More engine. And then finally, Haas. Magnussen said it was their worst race of the year. His tyres were falling apart and there was no balance. They were the only cars to be lapped and Alfa Romeo have now cut the gap to them in eighth to one point. Oh dear. Continues to be miserable. That has. has continued to be crap. Yeah. Driver of the day. Tricky one this week, I think. Hmm. You want to give it to science, don't you, for, for battling as hard as he did? <laughs> That's the weird thing, isn't it? Like... I, ge- I actually think across that race distance, Leclerc was definitely the quicker of the two Ferrari drivers. So the fact that Sainz finished ahead is probably... <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, it's one thing being quicker, but you need to be quicker enough that you mm-hmm. can get by. And he just wasn't, was he? He wasn't. Yeah. And, you know, and Sainz earned that position on track because he qualified ahead of his teammate. So... Um, um, without opening the most overrated driver on the grid can of worms i think <laughs> that's probably the chief criticism of leclerc isn't it like he's an incredibly fast driver yeah. but when it comes to wheel to wheel racing and making overtakes maybe not quite got as much in the in the toolbox as some other drivers do yeah i would i could i can agree with that yeah. um who else i mean albon you've got to mention albon yeah Al- albon's got to be there you, you, even if the cars suited to something like Monza, I think it's still a really solid drive for him. 
Yeah, I think um, Perez as well. Yeah. Perez did the business this race. Yeah, he did actually. His qualifying was poor, but yeah. he did. You know, he did uh, what he did. Did what he, he fulfilled the brief. He I think yeah, exactly. Red Bull one too. I think the only sort of smudge on giving it Perez for me would probably be the number of times he tried to dive around the outside of someone into turn one cut the chicane and was like, oh, I got pushed off, even though there were no... Yeah, well, that was... That there was, was a couple once, of those. That was pretty well, egregious, the one he did. There was, there was ones that he did that, that specifically, off. but there were just like a few kind of very late dives that were never going to work, and he was ending up cutting the chicane and having to give the place back. So yeah. I think that yeah, it's a little there, bit of a smudge on it. It's not like he, it was a poor drive or anything, but... Well, yeah. I do think... I do. You know, you're not going to... You don't win fans by doing that do you when, yeah. when it's pretty obvious off board that i mean he might yeah he he'll say he feels like he was pushed because he couldn't necessarily see the other car or whatever but like from outside it looked i mean it's like a barefaced lie yeah <laughs> let's not mess Basically, around yeah. like it, yeah. it like, it looked like total bull it looked like so, he just couldn't be bothered to turn in anymore and he was like do you know what if i bail on this early enough i'll not hit the the bump thing in the yeah yeah because that he essentially went for that i've noticed that they've removed one of those this year as well i don't know yeah. if you noticed that the first one that they'd hit as soon as they leave the track has gone and then the second one as they sort of re-enter the track there's like the tiniest little slither between where it ends and where the grass starts and he essentially went up oh, there's a bit of a lock up i'm opening the wheel up and I'm going for that little gap there. That, that's what happened in that scenario, at least, anyway. There was that one against Russell when he went steaming in. Yeah, that's the one. Never making the corner in a million years. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, he pushed me off. Like, mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not his first time doing that as well, either. Like, I've seen him say these sort of silly things before where it's just blatantly <laughs> not true. And I don't know whether it's just... I, I feel like we're coming down a bit hard on Perez this this season. but um, Probably are. I've heard, you know, it's not the first time I've heard him say obviously wrong things while he's racing, which is, which is a, bit, a bit it doesn't doesn't sit well with me i don't like it but you know i did like race drivers we, we heard a lot of drivers being like oh he pushed me off here he did this and as much as i don't like when verstappen complains when people do things that he does against him the fact that verstappen just went that was naughty and left yeah. it at yeah. that was quite enjoyable right well, you you'd know. Yeah. <laughs> i mean i think um, i think that's the beauty of that comment though isn't it that's like uh Oh, that's that's one of mine. Like that, it is. <laughs> oh. There was a little bit of a. You, you could almost hear the grin as he said it, like yeah. just because yeah. of the tone of it. Like it was, yeah, it was a playful comment more than a complaint. I think, which is a kind of. I don't know. I liked it to be fair. <laughs> so we need to pick a driver of the day. We need to actually choose one. Honorable mention to Lawson. I think we have to do. Um, yeah, considering yeah. it's second second race and first full race weekend, isn't it? So I think. Honorable mention to Bottas as well for dragging that absolute shed of a car. Beautiful shed, but a shed all the same into the points was actually really... Probably one of Bottas's better drives because he's had a pretty ropey season. Yeah. He and just I've, loves Valtteri Bottas, I've doesn't he? I've filled my contractual obligation as the number one Bottas he's fan always, here to mention him. Always banging on about Valtteri Bottas. Chris Evans. Um, I'm picking signs this week. <laughs> That makes my life easier because I was going to say science. <laughs> no response. No, he's just ignoring like, you. He's pretending just you're not there. Right? through it. Uh, I am picking science. Science oh, it is. That was easy. Should we do um, talk about moves? Move of the day, yeah. Uh, mine is science coming back on his teammate around the outside through the through turn three. That was very good. Have you seen yes. that Lawson move on one of the Hasses? Yes, the virtual dive bomb. It was Out of- he was he was channeling the man he, he replaced on that. He move, was yeah. pretty much. He was channeling Ricardo on that it's move. Such a Danny Ricardo overtake, and I know it was against the slowest car on track. But even so, Whoa, it's, it's miles back. Yeah, unbelievable. It's a no way, way is this a move. No way, surely not. Um, if you've not seen miles this, miles and miles back. Go look on various internet places and just look for Liam Lawson <laughs> passing a Hass at Monza. It's unbelievable. That is way further back than what um, than what Ricardo did. It's he's, actually lost, he's actually lost ground going through the Parabolica. He gets a worse exit through the Parabolica than just... Just sends it. Just sends it. All, yeah, he follows him all the way down the straight. Um, he's in the slipstream, but he's not really getting any closer until he gets to the braking zone where he just <laughs> plain old outbreaks him by 
a long way. A wow, that's a, that's a mighty move. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll vote for that. I can yeah, take that. Yeah. Liam Lawson uh, is that, that wasn't an easy one. Mad that that wasn't move. shown on the race broadcast. It's crazy, yeah. isn't it? Who'd have thunk it? You're missing <laughs> something on that interesting that happens because <laughs> you're watching the wrong thing. That's not... Yeah. Don't get me started. No, no, no comments on that. I had a couple of moments of those during the race. I'm gonna to move to. I'm gonna to move to the final Honestly, award for the race. What the f- are we doing here? I know me and you are on the same page with this, Tom. <laughs> and I'm gonna let you describe it because you were gonna do a better job than me. Oh, it's just it's dumb cameras again, isn't it? So I can't remember the name of it now, but basically, as as they come. As they come out of the Lesmos, yeah, between the Lesmos and Ascari, where they go like under the dip, under the old banking, there's basically like an old gateway building that's part of the the parks that the circuit is built in. And for whatever reason, race, well, TV direction, decided it was a good idea to position a camera behind that point between the two like tower points of the gateway to see a car for what is about 0.5 seconds and then try and follow it down <laughs> the straight into what was just a view of trees. It was the trees in the back of people's heads who were watching yeah. the race. It was like, it was like, I mean, oh, okay, maybe maybe once or twice, Castle Cam style, like, look between the two power points of the, of the <laughs> gateway, at the two power points, the two tower points, of the gateway and like and like have 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 a few cars just like you know focus it and just have it like yeah boom 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 and then just leave it but to try and follow them through trees whoever's the it wasn't just the fact that they did it once either it's the fact that roughly on average every three laps they were like oh the ferrari's coming again quick boom, like what, why? It's, so, just, it's just clutching at straws for creativity, I think. I think it that, is. But my issue with it is, like, if it was good, then fair enough. But it wasn't. I think you need, I think you need to know when to <laughs> to sort of to give up on an idea. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you've got to think of the logistics that have gone into that shot as well, because that <laughs> camera's high up. So oh, they've, yeah. probably got, they've probably a got crane. a cherry picker or something or yeah. a crane holding the guy up with that camera to do it so they've invested a lot of time and effort into making that shot and it it's just ineffectual it, <laughs> it doesn't it bring anything to the thing maybe once but then they've done you know they've gone and set it up so they've it's like it's flogging that dead horse isn't it going yeah, yeah. oh we've done it so we better show it and it's like not always you need to know when it's not bringing anything to the table and i think that was one of those just like yeah. a castle cam that's one of those i situations. feel like as well it kind of got pushed on commentary to mention it at least on f1 yeah. tv version <laughs> yeah. because it happened about four or five times at which point i was like turning to emily saying i wish they'd stop showing this camera it is so pointless and then literally like the sixth time it happened the next time around um was it i think it was alex jakes this week on f1 tv but whoever it was basically just went oh and there we have a, a view from within the park over those towers and like <laughs> they've literally probably got him to yeah. say that and like kind of put handed him a script well i can tell you exactly what's happened at the start of the weekend they've remembered that there's loads of trees down in monza if you didn't realize this yes. Monza park there was a big storm passed through it they lost like ten thousand old, old yeah, trees yeah. Um, which is a bit of a shame um, but they've gone there and gone, oh, you know what? Now there's no trees. There's less trees obscuring the track. We can, we can somehow turn this into an asset. And they fa- well, it's failure. They haven't turned yeah. it into an yeah. asset, have they? That's it was the worse because they were still like, trying to shoot the cars through trees. <laughs> yeah. so- I was about to say, they found the only bit of trackside that still had trees and then shot those instead. Yeah. It was actually worse than tree cam that we used to have at poorer cars. Like, you know, I think we saw less of the track with this unit yeah, yeah. of tree cam. Uh, it was, it and was good old bad. castle cam. It's becoming a parody of itself almost, isn't it? Tree I cam. mean, mm. it was it was essentially a fusion of castle cam and tree cam that it was came really, together yeah. and made the ultimate terrible camera shot. The logical, terrible conclusion. By yeah. talking about this for this length of time, we're just encouraging them, we need to move on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that's the winner for me. We should mention the weird aborted start and then all the mechanics mm. wanting to get back on track but not being allowed to and then a couple of alpha mechanics were just like we're gonna go anyway and just like jump in the yeah. wall yeah and no um, to, to no consequence as well yeah weird yeah like, but yeah um, i think it's new dumb camera angle 
is, nice. is the winner here. Yeah. If you can call it a winner. Right. On on that note, I'll talk about some actual winners, some prediction <laughs> winners, and some fantasy winners. So, um, okay weekend for us. Um, I mean, we all went double verse, so that didn't go too well. Uh, but we, we all got the win, at least. Uh, Chris and I got 18 finishes, and uh, my lack of faith in Alpine came good, and I got Gasly in 15th. Um, for those wondering, Ocon is officially classed as first DNF. Um, so if you did have Sonoda and wondering why you've not got points, it's because he never started. And if you are to not finish, you have to have started. So that them's the rules. Um, in terms of uh, points overall, there are 10 people with our highest score this week, which was three points. So I'm not going to go through names specifically, but all the standings are on there on the site. So you'll be able to head to backofthegrid.com and, and find yourself on there. Uh, in terms of the overall standings, James Hunt and Effortlessly are tied at the top on 32 points and very closely behind in third is Benjamin Claxton on 31. Uh, jumping over to Grid Rival Fantasy, to Back to the Future won this week with 1,027 points. Uh, and our overall leader is still Effortlessly with 14,189 points. Wow, we might have a double winner on our hands by the end of the yeah, season. Yeah, having potentially. A season. Yeah. Uh, and then over on the um, Formula One fantasy, like the sort of official F1 fantasy, uh, Alpine RT was uh, this week's winner with 325 points. And the overall leader there, as it has been pretty much all season, is Spinquisition. They have 4,166 points. Uh, if you want to get involved with any of that, head to backofthegrid.com. You can sign up for the Predictions League. It is worth doing because if you get five out of five, there is a prize. Our recent prize winners, you've obviously all been contacted. We've heard back from some of you. If you're listening and you haven't got back to us yet, please do so we can sort your prize out. Um, and But, yeah, there's links to the fantasy stuff on there as well. Cool. Um, Chris. Very quickly a, before we yeah, do inbox. A couple of, um, bits. Couple so. of couple of champions were crowned over this last weekend. Uh, Alex Pillow won his second IndyCar championship in what was a really good race, actually, in a... In Portland, yeah. uh, and Gabriel Bortoletto won the F3 championship weirdly while sat in his car in the pit lane in qualifying <laughs> <laughs> because there's points for pole position in F3, and yeah. his championship rivals needed those pole position points to even have a chance of catching him. And then it got red flagged and didn't restart, so he was just kind of sat in his car waiting, and a red flag came out which confirmed he was champion, which was a little bit bizarre, but um. Yeah, he's uh, he's kind of um, one of Alonso's protégés. He's part of Alonso's management team, um, and he's a pretty exciting young driver. Almost certainly going to be in F two next season, so keep an eye out for him. Cool. Should we do cool. some inbox? Yes, let's do some inbox. Okay, I'll do the first two, because they're related. Um, first one from Darth Kilowog. He says, yo, Joe. That's a, that's a new and interesting way of <laughs> saying hello to us. Um, there was a long conversation on F1 TV during Quali about how there was a gentleman's agreement to not overtake oh. the last sector, which DC correctly called out as being ignored. Do you think the unwritten rules of F1 are changing? Um, and a related question from Cody B., do you think the maximum outlap time rule during qualifying worked? The main feed commentary said both Ferraris apparently went over time, but they weren't penalised. Well, it's not, if it's not being policed, then it's definitely not working. So, on, yeah, on the gentleman's agreement thing, I think if you ask any driver, they've all basically said there's no such thing. It's something somebody's made up and said at some point, and it doesn't actually exist. It maybe existed and, in the sixties, but yeah, I mean, it gets, back when it, there were gentlemen, it, it, it gets like mentioned every time we're at Monza or something like this happens. Like um, when people like overtaking George Russell at uh, the Hungaroring a few races ago, like it gets mentioned every so often. But even the people that like are like on the worst side of what's happened will say there there isn't an agreement it's just it is what it is like like Look, yeah if this is such an issue if it's such an issue for all of them then they ought to be lobbying the FIA to make exactly. it a rule make it an yeah. actual rule and they're yeah. not so i don't think yeah. they're that bothered so well, the thing is they bought in the minimum outlap 
time. Mm-hmm. But all it means is they go fast enough in the first two sectors that they can crawl yeah. to a near stop in the final sector. They need a minimum final sector time to yeah. stop everybody queuing up in the final corner. Yeah, and that's possible because we've got the uh, virtual safety car system, which gives them a delta. So yeah. It's, yeah. it's absolutely, you know, it's something they could easily program into the system at some yeah. point. Obviously, it would take resource and time to do that. But, um, but yeah, they could literally to... have like as they cross the line into sector three on the dash. This is how long you have to get to the start finish line. Otherwise, insert yeah. penalty here. I guess. Yeah. But I, I and... think the simplest thing is just make make the rule no overtaking in the final sector. So you should you need to have all your work done before that would you also the help. Sector and yeah. Then, yeah. Um, and then with the Ferrari one specifically, I don't know how much they were over it by, but the it wasn't a. The thing with it is, in the race direction notes, it wasn't a hard and fast one minute 40 seconds. I think it was one minute 40 seconds they said it to. It wasn't like, that is it, you know, hard cut off. It was one minute 40 seconds and you'll be then like kind of essentially asked to explain yourself or show why. And like something legitimate like, well, there was a slower car in front of me that I had to kind of, you know, deal with and it messed up what was my delta time was sort of not necessarily deemed an acceptable reason but it was like if you were like half a tenth or a tenth too slow and you could basically say well look someone sort of got in my way in the final corner yeah whether whether that's the circumstances ferrari wonder or not is is a whole other thing but could have been. It, there was kind of wiggle room in it basically if yeah. there were mitigating circumstances and that was written within the there's always the race wiggle rooms in Formula One rules. It's the way it works, um, isn't it? FIA rules. <laughs> the the thing I would say about the, ta- the the maximum time limit thing is it did work because generally speaking, saw, yeah. if you saw the F two qualifying and what happened there, <laughs> um, it was basically in a race. Yeah, it was kind of it just all got really really silly. So and and yeah. that didn't happen in Formula One. Therefore, and I think it didn't happen a because probably I don't know maybe. People had already because it had already happened in F two and Formula One didn't want to make the same mistake. None of the teams want to make that mistake, but also because probably they put a minimum lap time in to yeah. to, to force them. So yeah, in that respect, I think it did. Work. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, uh, the the Ferraris uh, went over their lap time because they said they had to get out of the way for cars who were uh, on quick yeah. laps, which okay. there you well, go. That's is a fair which, excuse. Yeah. So there you go. Um, and then um, a quick one to round off inbox. Uh, Charlotte Taylor says, Lawson is doing a brilliant job, uh, settling in a lot quicker than De Vries did. Marco clearly made a mistake choosing Nick over Liam. Is Marco's job at risk and who should replace him? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's so good. Apply the Red Bull driver logic to everyone at Red Bull. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. why not? <laughs> it is... Yeah. It is a rare. A it's a enough. rare L for um, Red Bull young drivers, really, isn't it? Like, there's been a lot of chopping and changing, but mm. the fact that he actually like overrode Christian Horner's choice and it panned out that badly is, yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Lol. Yeah. At least all the other Alpha Tower drivers know they're no one else is going to come in there because you're only allowed to run a yeah. certain number of four, like four drivers four, per team drivers. per year. So yeah. they've hit their maximum this year at least. Yeah, there was yeah. a stat around that. I think um, the last time it happened was something like maybe when M- Massa got an injury in 2009? No, more, or... more recent than that. Is it more recent it was, than that? It was the season when Kvyat, um, Verstappen... Science and Albon all oh, raced oh, for Rosso. Switched mid-season, because didn't they? Palmer yeah. got ditched by Renault because the 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 fun thing of it was they were talking about it and With pa- Palmer. <laughs> no, Palmer wasn't on um, wasn't on the commentary team, and they're like, "This is the one time we get to use this stat." And luckily, Julian's not here. <laughs> I no, they did mention oh, no, it oh, when oh, Julian was, it was there in practice. Was it Julian like, that brought it up? Maybe when yeah, it was yeah, the way around. Because yeah. he was like, "I've oh, lost something my drive." Else, it was Julian. Yeah, yeah. It was like I remember because I lost my drive because of all this. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, yeah, but there was ones like they were trying to like come to them, and I can't believe they never mentioned Ferraris like Felipe Massa, Luca Badoa, Shankar yeah. Fisichella, and then didn't they have someone else in there as well? 
before the end of the season. That was in like 2012, I want to say. That was the limit, wasn't it? Because it's four per team. And, and it, Alonso so, was the other driver at the other time. Yeah, at the time. So four. that's the four. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you put the drivers. There's, there's, there's one that they didn't Luca there's one they didn't mention, which I was absolutely howling at the TV. Like, <laughs> Why don't you mention the Ferrari one? Mm. But yeah. There you go. Cool. There Most we go. Journeyman so. of journeyman drivers, Luke <laughs> Badoa. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, that rounds us off for this week. So thank you to everyone who's joined us. Um, thank you in particular to Discord, uh, who were basically from our Patreon. So if you want to get involved with that, head to patreon.com slash back of the grid to find out more. If you want to get in touch with us in general, you can uh, head to just pretty much any social media, X, if that's what it's still called by the time this goes out, uh, Facebook and Instagram, you can find us on there. And obviously another special thank you to YouTubers because we have now hit 200 subscribers. So Woo. that's a nice little milestone for us um, in such a short space of time. So thank you to everyone who is uh, partaking in that side of things. Uh, but as I and say, that you is... can get in touch with us by leaving a comment. Or yes, like you it. can. And yes. tell your friends. And tell mm. your friends. Uh, but yeah, that is it all for this week. So thank you very much again for joining us. And uh, we'll be back next week to start looking ahead towards the Singapore Grand Prix. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye.